You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Gregory Hectus. What up, boys? Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. All right, Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, hey, welcome, guys. Thanks for coming. Uh, my throat is a little weird tonight because I had a strep throat, actually, over the weekend and missed a couple of days of work. But uh, feeling better. I got some medicine, so let's jump right into it. Let's talk the uh, Old Bastards Racing League uh, presented by the iRacers Lounge on Monday night ARCA Series. Uh, started with Kenneth Schultz grabbing the pole by over one-tenth of, on the field of 31 drivers at PIR, Phoenix. On a last-lap pass, ARCA professional race, racer Kevin Pearson outbreak Texan Joel Kilburn in turn one with Kilburn spinning to finish ninth. Christopher Monroe finished second, and newcomer Michael Schuer finished third. Tony Groves uh, had a great race starting 20th and finished fifth. Wow, nice run, top five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what a what a blast! But uh, I'll, I'll wait to the uh, to the party side of the podcast, and we'll we'll talk some more about it. Okay, yeah. So check it out, the Old Bastards Racing League uh, Monday night, uh, presented by iRacers Lounge. Uh, we're happy to be in partnership with them, and it's been uh, good for both sides. Uh, check them out. All right, let's jump right into news. We got a lot of stuff, guys. So let's haul, haul through it. First up is tire model number six the best one yet or did flaws creep in that's what somebody asked on the forums and uh drew quite a discussion there about uh what you know people think about that you know as as, uh, the tire model goes so to speak what do you guys think thoughts i really don't have enough experience with really the older tire models um to really say if it's better than anything older. I think it was good until we started noticing these camber exploits and that issue grew. Um, So I think it is definitely flawed, but I think it's better than what other Sims have out there. And I think I'm really excited for what they've talked about for the next generation. So just that constant improvement iRacing does to its Sim, I think is what keeps it relevant. Right. There was a post by uh, iRacing's own David Tucker that really caught my eye and kind of uh, talked about or put into or answered the, you know, the question. Um, And so I'm going to read what he uh, wrote real real quick here. The way any physics, excuse me, the way any physics model progresses is that you create a simple model that is probably a poor fit and then you iterate over it, tweaking a few parameters till you get it close to right. Once you have it dialed in, you eventually find weakness in the core module that limits how accurate you can get it. At that point, you create a new complex model and iterate over the whole process again. The struggle is that you add in more complexity to the model. The tuning process becomes exponentially more complicated. And of course, as you push ahead what others have done, you lose the advantages of learning form others' work. Dave, and he talks about Dave Kamer, the founder of iRacing, will be in the business of making tire models for as long as he wants to be. 
there is no upper bound to how complicated you can make the model or how much you can dial it in. Even the real tire manufacturers struggle to formulate tires and continually change things up. You would think that after 130 years of making tires, they would have already tried everything possible, but clearly that is not the case. I mean, it's it's a it's a good thing to point out because obviously it's progression is going to happen no matter what. And when we talk about an article later on uh, about the stuff that's going on in NASCAR, I'll bring you know my thoughts about the tire model too, what might happen to it with the changes that's happening in NASCAR. But it's I don't I just remember back when we had the tire model like no tire model and it, I guess the first one is just the tire model when it first came out. And I don't remember it integrating after the time because I lost so many years in between there. So I'm like, Will, I don't have a, uh, any history on, you know, tire model five, you know, what was the difference to six. But I guess with all these exploits, it's, there is a weakness in it. Yep. Kind of, kind of interesting uh, that he's developing and kind of what you were just alluding to, Greg, is, He's really developing a tire model for the 2018 NASCAR. 2019, we're expecting a very soft tire or get to a soft tire. Well, and, you know, dealing with, you know, how we've been with talking with John Hammer and he's been doing setups and and even with the, what NASCAR, they're complaining, like some of the guys are complaining. I know we had that one weekend where Kevin Harvick was complaining about the tire. Well, you know, one weekend you got it, one weekend you don't with the tire. I mean, it's such a fine line that they sent on like for the roval this weekend they had to have a a hard tire to grip the in the new asphalt to the old asphalt because they had to have new asphalt in the ins or inside the track and then the old asphalt on the outside of the track and it caused problems trying to make the race but that was the most exciting race we've seen all year yeah yep yep all right let's keep moving uh tony you're next sonoma yeah, yeah, I guess this is a bit of a two-part here, so I'll take the first part. Uh, Sonoma Raceway announces the NASCAR Cup Series will run the carousel again for the first time since 1997. Um, for me, I don't really even know what the carousel is, except for, you know, the pictures and stuff that I've seen. Um, I've, I wasn't in the ra into racing in, uh, back in 97. Um, my initial thoughts uh, from an iRacing standpoint is, I already hate Sonoma, <laughs> mostly just because I'm absolutely horrible, terrible at it. Um, I can barely stay on the track. Uh, from what I've seen of this, this is only going to make that even worse, or yep. I just need to spend a lot more time practicing that darn track. Well, the worst thing about the carousel, like it's, it's a great part of the track, but the problem is, is you come up over that, that hill and turn down, you're expecting to go down to that one braking zone, but now it's a quick... You come up over the hill, you, you get out to the outside of the track, you go down and turn down towards into the carousel, and every one of those corners are off camber, so you're, the track's going away from you as you're turning each time. So you go right, and the track will fall off left, and then when you go to the carousel, it, you're turning There's left, and it's, it's, it's falling away from you. So it's going to cause people, if you miss your braking zone, you're going to slide off the track, and there's a lot of dirt there to slide off into. Yeah, so right right back to what I was originally saying about my experiences at Sonoma. It's just going to make that track even that much more difficult. I think it's going to produce better racing. Um, I think you get two more good braking points to pass in. Plus, Greg's right, as you crest that hill going into the carousel, the track starts to drop off right as you hit that braking point. I think it's really going to separate better road drivers 
and give them a much better advantage at that track because now you have instead of having I would say was it turn five and turn six or however they lay those turns out where you like you'll jump the curb and then you have that heavy braking point not only will you have the braking point into and out of the carousel you also have that big sweeping turn so I think it's going to give you more passing opportunities and just be I'm really excited I know you guys don't like it but that's one of my favorite tracks so I think it will provide better racing overall and if you've run rallycross recently you've been on the carousel because that that's most of the uh, rallycross track is the carousel well and the thing is is you still get the s's for the back part of the track but when you're coming out of that carousel if you get the if you get the right momentum out of there you can set up for a passing zone because you go down the long drag strip to get to the next set of corners and you know you'll be it's a heavy braking zone and it's 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 amazing if you can get out of that corner right now, we don't need a rescan for this because it's already built in. It's from the uh, 1997. So uh, we just need, you know, obviously iRacing will probably change the configuration so we do run it next year when it's time for Sonoma because uh, the NASCAR guys are going to do it. Also, uh, along that same idea, is it time to rescan Phoenix? I went to Phoenix yesterday morning. Uh, the track, uh, I got an email from them. They invited us out there for the Goodyear tire test. Denny Hamlin. Uh, Kyle uh, and who uh, who else? It was uh, Paul Menard, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and um, Kyle Larson. So, but anyway, I was out there and checked it out, and I was blown away by how different it looks. I mean, the the look you wouldn't even recognize it, and the whole front stretch. Because normally, when you drive out there, you you're looking at the back of the front stretch stands. Well, all that is gone. It's a dirt hill right there. And all you can see is these huge stands on the other side of the track through one turns one, two, and the backstretch. The old turns one, two, and the backstretch. And it's just huge. And anyway, when you're sitting over there, you can go through the tunnel. There's a new tunnel that goes under the old turn two. uh, And you go through there, and you can come up into the infield where you can go into the garages. Uh, the garages have a one-third area where the fans can be while the other two-thirds are for the car and the toolboxes and all that. And so we were standing right there in the garages behind the six car and uh, watching them you know, do their thing. It was kind of cool. But uh, they are going to have to rescan it, I think, because not only the look of it, but um, coming out of turn two to the left down to the infield all that is gone there is no runoff down there anymore it's it's a wall this track has been scanned so many times they keep changing it this is huge this is a huge change the the start finish line is at the, on the out of turn two the old turn two and they got and they got rid of that nice big drop down uh what do they call it? The, is that what they, that's what they call the dog leg, correct? Dog leg. Well, technically it's still there. I mean, they haven't changed the actual surface, okay? But if it's not the actual racing surface, it's been modified completely, everything. Okay, but, you, but like the – I thought you – to my understanding was that they, they stuck a wall there. There's no runoff. So, like, when you come out of PIR right now on turn two – you can go off onto the apron and shortcut it. That's what I'm saying. There's no apron. 
So they got rid of that whole infield section where people are well, were, from were what cutting I like see, in the NASCAR race? Yeah, now from what I could see. Now I haven't seen it from the other side where you can actually see that side of the track. But based on the sight lines I was seeing from inside the track, it looked like it was all gone. Oh. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I really like that. I like that being able to go down there and, and take that section if, if you want to take it. Um, I like it in racing and I like watching it on um, when, when, they, when the real guys are actually racing there. I just find it interesting and neat and kind of um, unique to that track. And I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just eyeballing from the outside of the track to the inside and how wide it is. It doesn't look as wide as it, I, I remember. And and I've been out there a lot. You know, I, I live in Phoenix. so. But it was completely different. I mean, everything in the infield completely gutted. Everything was completely paved. They used to have rocks everywhere. Everything's paved. They have a brand-new scoring tower. It's a monster scoring tower. And Victory Lane, and the fans can walk right into where Victory Lane is. It's so cool. Do they have that cactus uh, grand or uh, starting line set up yet? I didn't see the cactus yet, no. The start-finish line was kind of hard to even find. I, I, I had to kind of eyeball look for it. I mean, it didn't, like, stand out to me that that was the start-finish. And I finally saw, oh, yeah, there's a line going across right there. There it is. That's all. That's all really interesting. Now, <clears throat> I really don't see us getting a getting a rescan by you know the the spring race, but maybe the fall race. Um, right. I think it could happen by then. It's I would possible. So. Well, do they even have to rescan the surface if it's just like the buildings and artwork and like timing and scoring loops? Well, Almost like, like that's something they could send a drone out for. Yeah, well, take might... a bunch of pictures. Mike said that they repaved the inside, and if they did move that wall, then obviously that changes the surface there. I don't know. I don't know. But obviously we're not driving on that surface, so it won't matter, right? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I could be wrong, but it looked like it's been narrowed. Because you got to remember, literally everything is scooped out and started over, and nothing that was there before it remains. They've done a ton of work. It looked really good, too. So anyway, keep moving. Uh, Oculus issues. We'll get yeah. yeah, so there was um, some Oculus users, and more and more keep popping up in the forums having issues. A um, couple of things. There has been an update to Oculus Home, so now you can no longer use your Rift without the Oculus Home app being open. Previously, you could just put it as run as administrator and use iRacing without opening that, which is a huge savings on your RAM. But um, that's been messed up. And then the big issue is more people more people are suffering um, stutters and freezes. iRacing staff member Sean Nash, Sean Nash, can't even speak here, uh, he reached out to the forums to, discussing what he believed the issue was and what he was doing to resolve it. But at this point, there is no known fix for these freezes and stutters. It's believed to be either an issue with the new Oculus software or the NVIDIA updates. So um, I would say keep your eyes open on the forums. The only thing we have heard is do not use the beta UI unless necessary until the next patch. So a lot of Oculus issues. Main reason I actually stopped using mine. So um, it looks like it's getting worse. And the beta UI definitely makes it worse is what he uh, said at one point, literally. He said you get more stutters if you launch a sim from the beta than if you launched it from the website. 
I know I suffered issues about two, three months ago, rolled back my drivers on everything, and it kind of went away, and it slowly started to creep back, and I know I haven't updated anything, and about like two weeks ago when I was getting back getting back on, it just was to the point where it was unbearable and just not worth fighting anymore, so that's why I went back to triples, but it's an issue that it's gotten worse and worse, and some of it was some of the particles. They've patched that, but it looks like at this point it's something with Oculus directly. Yeah, there's a lot of people hurting in the forums about it um, and talking about you know what to do and that kind of thing. It's an open issue, obviously, so yikes. Uh, Greg, you're next. Uh, the Atlantic article. So this is uh, an article, I guess. I've never heard of the actual uh, thing here before, but this uh, article company but um it was it's uh, by andrew lawrence and it's i guess it's on his perspective of how he's seen iRacing from his view and he's writing an article about it and he, he talks about um the fact that you know starting to over the obstacles that you have to overcome when you first start learning to drive in the sim racing and stuff so like we all been there when we first start we have our pedal set up and you know stuff sliding on the floors because you don't have you're just a, a chair and a table sitting on or um you know just any of the racing tools rubber like the rubber band he talks about a rubber band for stuff um time Majeski and william byron were also talking about the article on here um it's how you know using these simulators and starting out in this racing has has re got them to reach to a uh higher level and it's it's so much easier with with these simulators to achieve that nowadays. Yeah, yeah, pretty neat article. Uh, it's a long form article, like you would read in a magazine. Okay, and uh, you know, and it, it's this guy's an obviously an iRacer. I actually looked up his name, the author's name, Andrew Lawrence on iRacing and there is a private uh, profile under that name but it doesn't say much besides rookie all over it but uh yeah i think he, you know he's an obviously has joined iRacing he tells about his experience you know and it's pretty cool to, to hear uh a writer's perspective and he gets into detail in his writing and whatnot so it's kind of neat to read all right cool uh and that'll get a lot of views guys and um, Before we, we're done with that one, Mike, I was just going to ask the guys, when you guys, reading this, when you guys first started out, how did you guys start out setup-wise when you first started racing? Because I know some of our teammates are a year in. Like, when I first started racing, I just found uh, an old wheel that I had laying around for PlayStation that would work on the computer. Like, what was your guys' first setups like? Just bought a G27, used my, hooked it to the existing desk with my, a laptop. That's it. Mine was uh, very similar to Mike's, except I had the Driving Force GT. Um, yeah, laptop, desk, and a really crappy chair. A That's rolling a good steering chair. wheel you got there too, Tony. <laughs> yeah. It races yeah, I, real well. <laughs> I was going to say, how, how does it look? Is uh, You've been keeping the dust off it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I got to get back to you. you. You can't believe how silly it is to have a rolling desk chair while you're trying to race as you're trying to stomp on these pedals and i was and in the beginning i was ripping that wheel off the desk literally i mean i 
I, I would catch myself just using strength on it, you know, like you, my arms are all pumped up and I, I'm caught up in the moment or whatever, and I rip the damn thing off the table, even though it's clamped down. And I'd do the same things with the brakes. I'd stomp on them, and, of course, the chair would move because it had wheels on it. I yep. bu- I'd say I bought a folding chair, like just a basic folding chair to use, and I was in an apartment with hardwood floors, and I bought a bathroom like mat that had a rubberized bottom and carpet top to put under my pedals to keep those things from sliding around. It was a uh, good times. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, and so you, you know you you start out small because you don't want to you know invest a whole whack of money because um, you're not sure how long you're going to stick around or if it's worth it. Um, you know, so you got to figure out different ways to get around that. Mine for the rolling chair deal, I used my slippers on the wheels. Stop the rolling. Um, ah. Look completely ridiculous, but you know what? Sometimes. Uh, it's uh, you got to go for function, right? And that that worked perfect. Right. And then he, yeah. So anyway, it was a good article. Check it out. Let's keep moving, Tony. You got Chase Briscoe. Um, yeah, iRacing posted an Instagram pic of a quote from Chase Briscoe, winner of the first Xfinity race at the Charlotte Roval. The quote had stated, iRacing is such a useful tool each and every weekend. It was even more beneficial than normal with it being at a track where no one had real-world laps and getting seat time was premium. Just another reason why iRacing is such a big tool and a benefit to the drivers and teams. And, you know, after reading that, um, damn, kind of jealous. I'm I was excited to watch the races. I didn't get to see the Xfinity one, um, but proof's in the pudding. I mean, he won the race, um, so you know there's some obvious benefit, but damn, I really want to race that track. Yeah, and I'm sure Chase did a lot of iRacing laps on that track before the, the race started, so pretty cool. That's a pretty good testament. Uh, next up, uh, we got coverage about the NASCAR Ignite series on NASCAR.com, another article uh, with four takeaways and uh, basically talking up the uh, winner, Zach Novak, who was the champion over there and won 10 grand and many other prizes as well. And um, they had over 100,000 views on the final broadcast. I was like, wow, I had that's a lot. That out of this whole thing is, is the major takeaway, I think, here. Um, 100,000 views for the finale. Um, this is going to become a thing like this is obviously, you know, this little past the starting point, but th- this is going to get big. So it's a legends race. Okay. It's, it's kids that are 16 and under. Uh, how does it get a hundred thousand views? Why is it Pete getting a hundred thousand views? Isn't that better? That's what I was just going to ask. Is it because they promoted this at the way that they should be promoting peak? I don't know. Something's broken. Uh, you can t- see it right here. Because it should be the other way around, you would think. You would think that Peak would be the one that is getting all the major views because it's the pre- premier series and whatnot. But then all of a sudden, a brand new feeder series gets all this attention. Uh, and it's got to be regular NASCAR fans that did all those hits. Well, you know, I think uh, maybe maybe some of the fact is is that it could be because they're you know thirteen to sixteen, um, 
you know, and they, they have been promoting the heck out of it all over the place. Um, I, I've seen, you know, multiple ads for it through NASCAR stuff and, um, people obviously, you know, knew about it, but yeah, here we are. We got, this is going to be potentially, um, the, the, the next class of, of racers a few, a couple of years down the, down the road. Yep. Well, here's another thing. And <laughs> I don't want to sound, you know, cause the thing is, is they're in the generation of what we're about now. Like they're about online. Now people watch people do things so you know people watch other people play video games rather than watching them you know play it's no different than people are watching you know me when i'm streaming or any of us when are streaming like you know they could be racing but they want to watch like i think it could be the generation too because they're young maybe they got all these friends and they're seeing these young kids doing it It, it's just the way that you know that's where a lot of stuff's going nowadays is everything's going to be online um, and everything's going to be, you know, have people watching someone do something else that you could do yourself. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Will, you got a uh, guess on the next road car. Yeah, so there was some discussion in the forums about what the next road car would be. Um, earlier in the year, Tony Gardner posted a new sports car and open wheelers are in production. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think the next road car is going to be? Updated F1. That's just I'm a guess. <laughs> I would guess, would it not make more sense, you know, maybe the way that the um, the iRacing Endurance speed Series is going um, to maybe they put the actual Toyota um, hybrid car in there? Because I don't, because Audi doesn't even have a hybrid car used anymore, right? Yeah. I think uh, one guy says here uh, Mazda because we have a good relationship with Mazda right now. Uh, so it's probably the Pro Mazda, maybe the MX-5, the uh, RT-2000. I would say I put my guess as some kind of Formula 2 type car, whether it be Formula 2 or a Super Formula I think runs in Japan. I think it'd be really good. They went to a spec chassis this year, and I think there needs to be a better stepping stone between that were like, say, the Renault 2.0 and the current F1 car. There's really not that middle-level open-wheel road series that we really need. All right. All right. And then a prize. What is that one? Yeah, so we got some more updates on the Skip Barber Racing School. It's actually now under new ownership. I know we talked earlier in the year about um, them filing for bankruptcy. Um, There's two prizes that can be won. The first is a three-day racing school experience. Um, to the overall series champion for season four and a one day school experience that will be raffled off um, to be entered into the raffle. You have to run the full season drop weeks included. So there's some really cool skip barber racing school prizes up for grabs. I know there was some talk about that going away when they filed for bankruptcy, but it looks like it's back. So it's cool to see. Awesome. Uh, now partnering with iRacing. Um, I think it's a really cool thing. I mean, can you imagine going to that school after winning that? And all you have to do is run, win in the official series for that season. That's all you have to do. Skip Barber, boys. Get on it. All right, uh, Greg, one more uh, challenge. What, which one is that? I guess uh, they're saying that this week or this next weekend coming up is the last qualifier for the Mazda Hot Challenge or Hot Lap Challenge. 
Um, now, I haven't participated in any of these. Have you guys at all? No. They're, they're yet to get uh, at a certain time do the time trials. And uh, if you don't do that, then you're not participating. So I, I do understand it is a time trial. So if you win this, you get to be a VI trip to be the in the tw- or to uh, the 2019 Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona. And I think Matt Busa was the leader last time we looked. Oh yeah, here here it is right here. Here's the results. Let me look. Okay, I found it. So Road Atlanta is October 11th through October 13th. So that's the final week for the online time attack. So that's, uh, but yeah, there's been a lot of people that have already qualified. There is a list here. I'm not going to read off all the names, Um, but pretty cool. All right, let's get into the next topic. Uh, 2019 NASCAR rules confirmed. Jason Wallet on the forum asked, is anyone else considering outright not running the NIS series for 2019? And uh, there were a lot of people that kind of indicated that they wouldn't, actually. I was kind of surprised by that. And uh, another iRacer, Brian Day, said, I'm actually really excited to see how these races play out with the 100 extra horsepower. Um, I believe the plates knocks uh them down to about 450 they should be 550 with the new rules and so more power to pull out and pass plus increased drag and bigger holes being punched in the air for the leading car and i guess i'm going to go on my uh, take on this and tell you what i think about this i think it's completely nuts to tell you the truth um if you think about it they're using 750 horsepower at 40% of the races that are run, and then it, they're going to reduce the horsepower to 550 horsepower at 60% of the races that they run. And w- we're not doing that today. Why We're not having some different engine each week as we go from this track to that track that has a different amount of horsepower. It's the same amount of horsepower, Okay. And so what is this going to do to the car? Is it like they're going to be two different cars? You know, it's not going to be the same car because of the 200 horsepower. So um, it's going to feel like going from an A car to a B car. That's what I'm afraid of. I just don't understand the point of battling horsepower. When people talk about what's wrong in NASCAR, horsepower is never the issue. It's arrow. It's the splitter. So I don't. I'm not a fan of this. Um, I hope it works. I don't think it will, but I just don't understand why they keep playing with tapered spacers and restrictor plates when nobody's saying that's the issue. It's the arrow. Um, it just doesn't make sense. What's the point in having a V8 that makes 800 horsepower if you're just going to restrict it to half or three quarters or whatever? Right. Design so, the engine to be at 550. Right. Why? <laughs> it's the same thing that they do in, you know, they've, F1 has done the same thing. They can make thousands of horsepower with, or they can make a thousand horsepower easily with what they got, but no, they put a fuel amount limit on it so that they can't, they can only burn so much fuel per hour or whatever it is. So why do you build the engine and then restrict it? 
you know, use the NASCAR is supposed to have the best engineers, and the best thing they could come up with was um, take put a spacer in and and slow the cars down so that they, you know, all you're doing is taking the back of the field and moving it closer to the front. You're not moving the front. You're not making anybody better. You're just moving the back of the field up better. Those so those teams that probably don't have the big budgets, you know, that didn't get up there, like they're going to get a a shot now. And if they get a good driver, they might be able to get up there and win. But a guy like, uh, um, what was the owner for uh, the 78 gear? Barney, uh, what's his last, I can't remember his last name, but anyways, they started out as a start park forever and they eventually worked themselves up. Like they engineered themselves up there and then obviously they're leaving NASCAR, but Maybe that's one of the reasons why he's leaving NASCAR too. Maybe he sees all this stuff happening, but well, he it just, just doesn't, doesn't make shark. It just doesn't make any sense. They're they're engineering and then de-engineering themselves. So they engineered for all this stuff, made all this horsepower, and now they just got to go backwards. So here's the rumor on Twitter, so to speak. Um, they want other manufacturers to come into the sport. Those manufacturers want engines as a max about 550 on horsepower. Uh, the Gen 7 car is going to be coming out, but it's not ready yet. And this is a stopgap to get us to the Gen 7 car, which will be a 550 horsepower car, and we'll have new manufacturers at that point. That's the rumor. And I don't, they all use the same engines anyway. I mean, all Toyotas are basically running Gibbs, Yates Motors, and the um, Fords. And I think, like, there's Hendrick and. Uh, Ganassi Earnhardt engines. I don't get why they keep playing with the engine part of it. Like that's what makes NASCAR stock car American racing is that big, loud V8. Well, there's oh. air ducts going on too. They have a big thing with the no air ducts or yes on the air ducts, and they actually broke out a list of which tracks will have the air ducts through the front of the wheel wells and which ones won't. And um, that's going to be a key difference in the package as well, as well as this monster, monster, nasty-looking 8-inch spoiler on the back trunk lid. I mean, it just looks ridiculous. I saw it yesterday on uh, Kyle Larson's car, and it's like, a, it's like a big old board on top of there. It's stupid. Now, this also, like I was saying earlier, does this throw a wrench into, I mean, Ford's obviously bringing out the whole brand-new Mustang next year to, to their make. They're going to have to have this new rules package plus bring out this new car, whereas all the other cars had all their numbers from all this stuff and then brought out their new front ends and stuff like that. So is Ford going to be in a huge disadvantage to try and get caught up because they have no numbers to base off this new aero package with? It, nobody does. So it, I mean, we only had one race like this. But they still have a data point to go from. They have nothing. Like like when I when they were talking at the beginning, like, the beginning of the season, when Chevy went to the new front end, they have a set amount of aero numbers that they got in the wind tunnel from the old car that they knew what the car would produce. And they were having problems getting the Camaro to get up to it. And that's what Ford was doing when they were worried about too. Like they know what their numbers are that they should have it for this car with, with uh, the old car going to the new, with a new brand, if it's the same type of car, but now you're switching the nose and everything on the car plus the ducks. So it's just kind of a different, thing they're going to be chasing for yeah so i I think everyone has the same reaction to it you know it's kind of uh, but let's talk about what how will it affect iRacing 
So will iRacing take on this package? Well, in the forums, Tyler Hudson had said I saw at some point that Peak would definitely be running whatever NASCAR is running. Now, will that translate to us in the NIS? In the past, I don't think it has. I think they've made changes. I don't know. I don't remember to tell you the truth. But typically, they wouldn't roll us out these kind of changes until midway through the year, like in the June build. That would be probably the best guess. It's when iRacing will have this package. And uh, will I you know, do well? I probably will, based on the fact that I'm a restrictor plate kind of guy. And these are kind of restrictor plate situations. Maybe I'll run better, you know. But do I like it? No. I was telling my teammates, I like the A-car the way it is. I like 750 horsepower under that throttle. That it makes it hard as hell to drive, you know. And, and why do we want to take that away? Because that's what makes that car the best car on the service. What if, and the other thing that I was bringing up, too, when we were talking about the new tire model and the version 6 there when they go to the 7, They've been developing this tire model in iRacing to go for whatever the cars are running right now. So, nice like, you know, tire. for grip and stuff and all that stuff. What's going to change when if we change and slow it down? Obviously, we're going to have a different model to create um, this This cars. It, it's going to be like an aero model that they're going to have to create because it's obviously the car's already here. You're just going to have to create a, an aero model. And is that going to evolve over time just like the tire model does? Until we get this version seven or this, um, what did what did you call it? The car tomorrow, or the next version of the of the seven of the yeah. cup card, whenever that is. Like that's the first time I've even heard of that. Um, them talk about another car. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Hardware, software, Greg. Uh, we're, tell us about a new product by Next Level Racing. So I haven't even seen this yet because I didn't look at this uh, part. So it's a piece. I'm just reading this quickly. Sorry, everybody. I, I didn't open this up because it's a video and it'll go on my stream. Um, yeah, it's a... Do you want to talk about yeah, it? Like, just I haven't it. seen it. But basically, it. when you look at the video, it's a product where the back end of the, the sim cockpit moves from left to right. It's what you call traction loss. And so... Um, it's basically a full motion platform called Traction Plus is what they call it. It did debut at the Sim Racing Expo last month. Uh, it's intended to fit with existing next level racing chassis. So if you already have that, uh, this is a cool product, you know, add-on situation. But uh, the video really tells the story, guys, when you look at, you know, that thing moving with the traction loss and... Uh, Definitely something to consider if you're looking for motion. So is that there? That, so that's Next Level's first. They, do they have motion? They have motion rigs, don't they? Yeah. So that's a, just a, their different version of of a motion is is the sliding on on these uh, two rails. It looks like between a, a, a mounting point. You're just sliding between these two th- things as you're like, going around a corner. Yeah, the front and the back can slip from left to right independently. That'd be crazy, like, because could you imagine that if you got that mounted, like, mixed with another type of motion going forward and backwards? Yeah, he doesn't have that, but if you look closely at the seat on top of the rig, it's moving independently of the rig itself too. 
it's like moving around like it's on springs or something. If you look right around when you, that video first starts on the thing, Mike, you can see the spring um, right below the belt there. And uh, it, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it is on it's, it's holding it. So imagine if that spring let go. So the go wheel, over to one the, side. Yeah, so his seat is kind of on a springy thing with little springs, and it can move around. And as the motion part, you know, throws him left to right, the seat kind of will jostle, so to speak. It kind of almost, almost kind of give you a little bit of that, that uh, um, G-force effect to a very slight degree, but that's kind of what I'm seeing in that video. Now, if, if you're looking at that video, imagine back, you know when they used to take the car and they'd yaw him out on the NASCAR? Imagine if you were always on a little bit of an angle because it's sensing the car yawed out. Yeah. So I looking at their website, nextlevelracing.com. Uh, yeah, they do have a motion piece where you mount a seat on a little motion thing and it moves the seat. And so that's what they've had in the past. Now, this thing that they debuted at the Sim uh, Expo is much different where the front and the back, you know, move left or right independently. Very cool. Now, uh, we found this on their iRacing, uh, excuse me, uh, YouTube page. Next Level Racing. They have their own YouTube page, and that's where you find it. Okay, Tony, you got the next one. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it comes from Sim Racing Studio. It's a, it's a shake kit and a wind package. Um, it's a, So the shake kit, it's a, it's a cushion seat. Um, fully wired up and ready to, to plug and race. Um, and well, I got to imagine it's a, a, uh, a bit like, uh, like a butt kicker. Yep. Um, it's a butt kicker for your butt. Like yeah. just a, a seat cushion thing. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, a couple of comments that, that we have up here, um, says, you know, it's a great buy. If any of the following apply to you. Uh, wanting a base shaker rig but worried about noise don't want to deal with compatibility issues and hassle uh, of putting to, together a, a shaker rig looking to get base effects on a budget um, a jet seat user who wished the jet seat had more punch for high speed effects um, i didn't do a whole lot of research on this but yeah basically um what it kind of looks like is just a, a pillow you you sit on and it and it's got a controller box and and uh you know a plug-in unit for it um 239 bucks uh and it's cool it's got like miniature butt kickers inside this cushion that you sit on and uh so there was a review on the forums about it from this guy uh Elliot Smith who uh, talked about it and the product and what whatever. So, uh, pretty cool. I really thought it was a neat idea. So, is it yeah. on order for you, Mike? No, I didn't buy it. <laughs> so, let, let let me dive in just a little bit deeper here. Um, I was able to quickly glance at some stuff. Um, it says like they they have an app there that controls each of the four uh, built-in shakers independently, so you feel the right effect with the right intensity at the right place. Um, they're, they're saying it's like having individual sensors for, um, each of the car suspension. 
So you'll feel curb, road imperfection, uh, the engines, transmission, gear changes, impact, acceleration, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I mean, I, I wish I would have read that uh, that review about it, but I, I got to be honest with you, Mike, too. I, I kind of dig this idea. Yeah, it's simple. Uh, you know, you're going to feel it underneath your the back of your thigh and the back of your butt. You know, when you hit a curb on the right, it'll be on the right. You're on your le- right leg, not your left. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, the the second part here uh, is what SRS is calling their Fantastic Four uh, Power Wind pr- Package. Um, you, uh, it's uh, three hundred fifty bucks, and you get everything you need to set up a four fan system, including the power supply and uh, their IntelliBox controller. Um, they they kind of look like, you know, the, the uh, a little bit smaller version of some of the, the, the wind systems that we've, we've seen. And I can't, uh, you know, I think that might actually be a good thing because typically what we've seen is just two, but they're, you know, they're big fans. This is four um, slightly smaller fans. And I'm sure they're, uh, quite powerful fans, but it would give you a bit more uh, of that immersion effect, I would have to imagine. Yeah, and it's literally plug and play. You don't have to configure and tune and all this other stuff. It You just plug it in and use it, so to speak. So what it says on here, it says, no need to manually configure any settings on the PC. It auto-recognizes car track, max speed, and changes of fan RPMs accordingly at every one mile an hour or kilometer an hour, not in intervals well i mean how much more of a selling point than you need do you need than that right um the price point seems to be pretty good and if all you got to do is plug the darn thing in and it works (laughs) uh you know pay the guys i mean they've done something good here there even appears to be some kind of mounting bracket too that can go underneath the fan but uh, yeah, this is neat because it's a package, and you can just buy it, and it works. And so check it out. It's uh, simracingstudio.com. Those are uh, GoPro uh, bottoms. Oh, is it? Yeah, those are quick release. They're, those are the, the way that they mount GoPros. Well, that's perfect because uh, <laughs> it gives you the range of motion to be able to move them around the way you need it. And, you know, a GoPro-style uh connector piece they're they're freaking solid they work well all right let's keep moving another one is uh i ran across recently again is i want to point out is dofreality.com they have a great website they have some great products i mean check out this rig uh it's pretty slick looking i tell you what it's tiny too if you need a small space this is a really cool rig. Um, the other thing is, it's motion, guys, and you can get what they call up to six DOF version uh, to, you know, to get have full motion, basically. Man, this almost makes me regret building my own uh, stationary rig because this would have suit my needs one hundred percent to a T. I could push this thing underneath my desk with. Uh, you know, I just remove my keyboard tray like I do now, and when I got to put it away and go to work, bam, I just 
slide it out of the way and it, it don't take up a whole lot of real estate. What a fantastic freaking idea. Yeah, you could move this easily. And it's got, like this one that I'm looking at, has it's called 3DOF, which is pitch, roll, and yaw, and rear traction. It Full motion, uh, has 20-degree motion range. Uh, it's got little motors down underneath where the seat would be that actually, you know, move it. And basically the whole part, every the entire cockpit moves because everything is mounted to the moving mechanism. It's kind of hard to describe how it moves, though. But even it even goes into a more complex one down for the professional P3. Yeah. Jump on this website, guys, dofreality.com. Uh, Check it out. That professional P3, buy now, $2,500. But uh, another motion rig. Let's keep going. There's even more, guys. Um, Tony, you got the next one. And this is, the, uh, this is an old one we've gone over before, but I thought we should talk about again because it's such a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. We actually had... Um... Boy, I'm terrible with names, and I, I wish I could remember his name, but uh, the fellow that makes these, um, we had him on the podcast yep. uh, talking about these boxes, um, and that's uh, Sim Speed Shop uh, button boxes. And, um, I mean, I'm, these these are the same ones that we were, we were looking at before, are they not? Because they yep. do look awfully familiar. Um, you know, a very simple, uh, smaller type button box. Um, you know, they, they look, they look well built. They look like they got great function. Um, but these things will not break the bank. These things are like, uh, it looks like they might even have a sale on their speedster. Um, look like they had it on for 90 bucks. Now it's $85. Um, and I'm seeing two, three toggles, uh, five, five buttons, five smaller buttons, one, one big button. Um, we got a dial in there and, uh, what the heck do they call those switches with the little red deal on it? Anyways, uh, toggle. <laughs> he, he's got all kinds of stuff though. He's got a handbrake. He's got uh, a shifter. He's got the eye flag. Oh, Okay, I, you know what? And I, I'm obviously not doing this one any justice because I totally missed all that. I just saw what was on the front page. Um, I remember those button boxes, and they, they do look solid. I love the price point. Yeah, they're on them. eighty bucks, and yeah, you can get an eye flag for fifty bucks from him. Uh, that's the thing where it's a little LED panel that changes from green to yellow when the yellow comes out. Yeah. Now I believe when when we had the fella on. Um, the 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 handbrake that he's that he we got on uh, seeing on here and the and the shifter I think they were in development or they were just ready to come, uh, um to you know for him to to start selling them. Am I right on that one or? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he got a handbrake here and it's a it's a pretty solid, uh, decent looking handbrake and you know his uh well, he's got that on sale too. Um. You know, I guess regular price, 150 bucks, and he's got it marked down to 95 so... Yep. Man, it oh looks man. nice. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's shopping time. Yeah, let's not forget about simspeedshop.com. I really think they have some good stuff based on, and like you said, it's affordable too. Well, yeah, that's that's the User big thing. And it, it, it doesn't look like toys. You know, the, like this is this looks to be very solid stuff. Um, that, that, that's exciting for me because I'm, I'm a cheapskate. All right, cool. Greg, what's next? Uh, peek at the new phonetic uh, wheel rim coming out. And boy, that thing is awesome. So I guess that it just passed, obviously, the, the, the uh, Simra Expo. So they were talking to Thomas uh, from Fanatic, the CEO of Fanatic. Um, and he was going over a lot of their wheel combinations in that video. I was looking for him like, oh, have that one, have that one. Um, but, you know, they were talking about all the direct drive wheels and rims um, that uh, they're offering. That new Porsche one, I think, is the one that they're pushing there, aren't they? They got a new type of Porsche box. Yeah. The, this and, Porsche rim is just amazing when you look at it. I just was blown away by the, what it looks like. And it's got, like, and I think the one thing that's nice about Fanatic, it looks like they've, because obviously a lot of the rims nowadays incorporate no, uh, a lot of knobs that switch on to next, like, sub-menus, and it looks like they're starting to incorporate all that into all their rims. And that Porsche rim that he's got there looks really heavy-duty, too, because it's got the quick release. It's got... Uh, a nice, you know, display in the center too with the, the lights. It's got, it's even got. I'm guessing. So when you go in the the way that they've incorporated it, when you're on pit road and you have a pit limiter, it's got two flashing lights on each side for pit limiter and everything. Yeah, look at the 301 mark of the video, and uh, look at the back of this wheel and and the quick disconnect and the paddles and all that stuff. This, I mean, it's heavy duty. I mean, it looks like a a full on a real race car wheel. Very cool. I was just blown away by the craftsmanship. I mean, it looks awesome. I'm interested to see what the F1 rim is going to be that they're bringing out with the PlayStation model of it. All right. Now, this is a, a video that popped up on a channel on YouTube called Sim Racing Girl. No spaces, all one word. Sim Racing Girl. She's the, She's sponsored by them. Yep, and she does a inter, you know one-on-one -on -one interview while looking at all these rims, and he's handling them and kind of showing them off. And if you want to get a good peek at the lineup, this is a good way to do it. All right, let's see what's next. Uh, let's talk about results. Uh, first up was last night's special event, the Beat the Hell Out of Cancer 250. And Chris, you're just in time. Uh, you joined late, but. Uh, let's talk about your run first. How'd you run last night? Uh, it, was, it was a little rough for me, honestly. I had Phil Linden spot, spotting for me, though. That was that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun having so many teammates in the race. I think you had mentioned in the, the chat that uh, you you got out from behind one teammate and there's another one. Like You couldn't decide which one. <laughs> there's too many choices. But uh, I kind of... I kind of messed up my steering ratio, and it was kind of sensitive, so I kind of spent the whole race just trying not to wreck everybody because, man, it was, it was really touchy. But, man, so much fun. So much fun. Yeah, and it's one of the few times I actually got in a race with you because um, we usually are not in the same split or whatever. And so you were up there mixing it up, and you did lead some laps, and I was behind you at some point. Uh, so good run. Yeah, I really appreciate everybody coming out, and that was that was so awesome. 
Yeah, and just like you said, it was, it was so cool to – even the guys besides the ones on our team were just – they are great to run around. I mean, everybody was, you know, had good race craft and just made for a, a heck of a, a race. I haven't watched any of the broadcast yet, but I'm going to go back and watch that this weekend. I'm sure it would put on a pretty good show, at least especially there the first half. Yeah, Rudy Cummings, uh, he's been broadcasting longer than anybody in iRacing. Uh, he started it. He's the godfather of, uh, of the whole broadcast movement in iRacing, and uh, he did a great job. I watched the race afterwards on his uh, YouTube channel, Max Speed TV. Uh, so check it out over there, guys, and watch the replay. And uh, it, he did a great job. And uh, it, the cars looked really good. The racing was good. Wow, the racing was great with the setup and the weather, that, the way John Hammer had it configured for us. Uh, we were able to run three wide at times and not wreck uh, and pull it off. I mean, and we did a lot of close racing. It was really incredible. On the way you had to manage that race, um, you know, there's different strategies. Some of us wanted to stay up front, and obviously some stayed in the back and waited till that last stage to get through. Um, and, you know, it looks like it paid off for uh, some of the people that stayed at the back. Some of us were wrecking and stuff. There was, there was just, you didn't feel in that race that you were ever falling behind um, with the draft or anything like that. You could, you could get to where you wanted to go with it. Yeah, really, there were you could get big drafts and like get caught up, you know, suck up to people. Yeah, it was weird how it worked. But anyway, uh, I wanted to shout out to uh, one of the drivers in the race, John DeBuck, DeBeck, John, sorry, John, uh, for uh, stepping up on the forums and trying to get people to sign up for this race. And I'm sure what he uh, posted helped. So thanks, John, and thanks for coming. You, it was fun to run with you. Uh, let's go through the results of the awards. Joe Owen, P1. Uh, Stephen Allen, P2. Chris Perez, P3. Uh, stage winners, Mike Morley and Steve Allen. Fastest lap, Joe Owen. Mystery Award, David Hall. Mike Morley, Most Laps Led, and Paul Payne, Pole Award. Yeah, it was a good good event, guys, and and uh, we were looking at the GoFundMe for uh, Samantha uh, for her beat the hell out of cancer uh, two fifty. Uh, it was that about twenty two hundred right now. When we started this effort, it was at seven hundred. I I was talking to Greg. I can't say that the podcast and the and this race and this event accounted for all of that difference, but it certainly accounted for some of it. So uh, we're happy to help her. Uh, raise that money and get moved. So when are you moving, Chris? Um, our first chance is going to be the middle of November. So we're kind of just waiting between rounds of treatment and whenever she fills up to it and her oncologist says she can go, which we know he's going to be okay with. One of her friends actually just kind of did the same thing, started treatment and then transferred someplace else to finish. And uh, we have a, a good landlord. I, we rent, have a good landlord that's okay with us, kind of just, you know, darting out whenever we can, and so that that money's sitting there, and basically all we need is hear the oncologist and say go, and and we're gone. All right, well, yeah, I'm glad to, glad it's yep. able to help you with that. <laughs> yeah, it might not be the best idea moving to Indiana in the winter, but yes, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be uh, middle of November, and if, worst case scenario, if that doesn't work out, first uh, of January, um, the, after the next round of treatment, but. Hoping to get back by Christmas, and yeah, that that wouldn't happen without everybody's help. I mean, there's there's just no way. Stuff's too expensive. I mean, you can't 
we're hurt enough financially and to have that money sitting there uh, just to get us home is, is well, amazing. It's yeah, you can hire movers and everything. So, um, now I want you to keep that GoFundMe open, uh, for until you need ready to cash it out. But, and why just today, Chris, I got a message from, uh, black Eagle racing. Uh, they asked about, they're going to host a figure eight race at Irwindale and want to donate the pr- proceeds from it. They're going to have uh, people go to Samantha's GoFundMe page and donate $5 to get entry to their race. And so uh, the, the giving continues. That's really awesome. Yeah, and, and just so everybody knows, um, that money is only going to be mo- used for uh, moving mostly and maybe um, some unexpected you know, cancer-related expenses that might pop up. And if there is, for whatever reason, there is extra money that we don't use in that account, um, we're taking it. So Sam had wanted to go to uh, Sunshine Kids Camp, which is a camp that she went to when she was a kid with lymphoma. And it was just, it was her happiest place on earth. And so um, we were planning on going there this last October, but it couldn't, obviously. And so as soon as she gets better, um, we're heading to be counselors there. And if there's any money left over, that's going to get um, donated to them, the camp, and everybody's name that, that helped us out. That's cool, cool. Well, yeah, we're happy to help, and uh, I hope she uh, does well. It was fun, though. It was, I mean, we had a great time regardless of raising the money. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it was good. Thanks to everyone who came out and everyone who viewed and everyone who donated. Uh, it's been a very great cause so far. So, All right, let's go to results. Hey, Mike, before you go there, do you want to also – piggyback off that for our league as well talk for mike morley oh that's right and so we're actually going to be having a league on tuesday night sponsored by tofosu racing uh and uh it's going to be the eight car at various tracks it's going to be uh starting mid-november i believe and uh, we're going to be looking for people to join and so if you want to join it there is a league page called tofosu racing Go there and, and hit the little join button. Now, we're going to start out with these uh, group of drivers who joined us last night for the special event. They were a great group of drivers, and uh, they all have uh, been approved, so to speak. So uh, we're going to start out with that group, which was a good core, and we'll add to it you know, as uh, people join. So check that out. Now, we also have a couple of uh, recruitment races um Coming up here in the near future, Greg, do you have those dates? I believe they're a little later on in the month, but... Um, let me keep going ahead. If I find it from Mike here, I'm just going to look up what Mike had. I forgot okay. where he put it. Maybe he, yeah, let me be a hosted I think he's races. listening, so he'll probably message it to me. Okay. Yeah, now I do remember the, the, the tracks being Chicagoland and and uh, and Talladega. Um, and hopefully we can... So uh, Mike's saying next Tuesday... Is the first one okay? So Tuesday, uh, and I think he said uh, the next two Tuesdays. Next two two Tuesdays. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that'll be posted. Eight p.m. Eastern room, um, or it opens at eight uh, eight o'clock, and the races start at eight thirty. And that's all in Eastern time. So that's a good way to get involved too. Go to those recruitment races on Tuesday, guys. Chicagoland is the first track, and Talladega is the second. So league starts the 23rd of October. Yeah, so Chicagoland next Tuesday. Uh, room opens up at 8 o'clock with an 8.30 start. Um, and any anybody uh, 
is interested, come race with us. Uh, we had a great time last night. Anybody Boy, that, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was so much fun. It was, it was an absolute blast being able to run with you guys, especially you guys with a much higher I rating than me. Um, it was nice to get up there and be able to tangle with you, even take one of you guys out. Um, <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah looking forward to uh to do some more of this racing uh you know kind of all together and against each other and, and get some good team rivalries going this will be good well and i think the most part is we've only ever probably as a team maybe max of four have ever gotten into a race together you know in the nis part so when we actually were able to all be in the same thing together it was actually really nice to to just you know see all of us you know, because we interact so much on our chat and our and on TeamSpeak here. You know, we're talking how our races are going, but we're split between three or four different splits. So you never really, you know, you never get to see other guys you, that you're 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 on your team with tech, techniques or anything either. Yep. Yeah, it was fun. It was, at one point, I was in looking my relative for somebody to work with, and everybody in my relative is a teammate, and so. In front of me, behind me, around me, it was cool. So, I mean, it was fun running with the group. Let's get into results of the NASCAR iRacing Series. Last week was Charlotte. Let's finish that up. Thursday fixed. Guess what, guys? P5. P5. I couldn't believe it. P5. It was like a win, man. I couldn't believe that. Uh, I had a bad wreck on lap five, but stayed in it and, uh, and had a good result. Uh, then Friday open. I had Tony Rochette, P13. He had a screen freeze once again uh, around lap 60. He was down 25 laps and somehow got P13. Chris, P15 for you. Yeah, man, that was. I thought that was going to be a good race. I got the pole for that race, and then uh, pretty much the first caution, I just went straight to the back because I was around. I've raced around a handful of guys enough to know how they race, and there was probably like four guys out of the top seven that were just super aggressive, you know, checkers or wreckers types. And so I knew that they were going, one of them was going to wreck at least a couple others. So I just kind of was hanging out and got, I was just passing the guy on a backstretch and somehow he just lost it in the middle of the backstretch stretch and got into me and took me out. But just mistake, just did the wrong place at the wrong time, but it was a, it was a fun race up till then. Yeah. And Tony P12. Yeah. Yeah. I made it past lap three. Um, I was super excited about that. I I know I got into a little bit of trouble. I, I was still a couple laps down, um, but uh, yeah, P12. Yeah, finish. yeah, I finished. I'll take it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, because didn't the day before you that you had a wreck out early? Yeah, that was um, that was Wednesday night. I lap lap three. I got caught in someone else's. Uh, uh wreck and then and then i had a glitch on pit road so i got scored uh just about dead last i lost a ton of i rating um it oh it was terrible it hurt i'm still i'm still trying to make it back all right yeah that is a hurtful one uh tony rochette ran saturday morning p11 somehow had to serve a one and a half minute pit penalty for entering an open pit two laps to go fought back to the lead lap so Wow, that's a big penalty. Sunday open, uh, Chris, you got P23. You wrecked an awesome car. 
Yeah, Morley, um, Mike Morley, teammate, he, him, him and a couple other teammates have been just working really hard on our sets, and man, that thing's awesome. It was so fast, and it was just the, the same situation as the the last race, where I was just in the, the wrong place at the wrong time and wrecked by one car. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to, to Dover this week. I think the, the set's going to carry over fairly well, I've heard. All right. And then, uh, Tony, you got P17. Yep, yep. Same story as the rest of the rest of the week. Get wrecked out by getting caught in someone else's stuff. There, I'm just. Uh, I don't know. I think this week, I, I'd like to say, ah, oh, there's nothing I could do, but, um, you know, I, I'm I'm sure there's room for improvement somewhere. I, I'm just missing something, and then, you know, maybe I'm trying to push the issue a little bit here and there, and a little too close to guys I shouldn't be, but. It is yeah. what it is, P17, right? Now, who you're racing, get out of that split. Get some more I rating. Uh, Sunday fixed, I ran uh, P10. I actually got spun on a late restart, but uh, did stay through in the back of the pack through the first half of the race. Just, you know, didn't try to run anybody, just giving everything up. And it actually worked out pretty good. Um, so anyway, it ended up with a nice top 10. I had a P5 that week and a P10, so not bad. Let's go on to Dover. Uh, wow, I got a P6 in the Wednesday fixed. It was a great run. Uh, now, I always had this uh, thing at Dover where I have top 10s, and so I don't know if I've won there, but I, I have good runs, and so I certainly backed that up with a P6. Uh, Tony Rochette, he ran as well. Uh, P17, he got spun early. Uh, got fixed, but was running top 10 when a, he got uh, T-boned, or he T-boned a car that was bouncing off the wall. And then uh, Thursday open. I just lost the page. How'd you run, Greg? Uh, today I finished uh, P2. I don't know why I put P1, but anyways, P2. Um, I started uh, second as well. Um, the... Uh, the race was good. I kind of got loose and put it in the wall, um, so I didn't wreck anybody and got it fixed and was just running good. And it just kept having caution after caution. And the, set, the way that Mike designed that set and the way he, he, he's he been doing the last couple of weeks, whatever he's been doing, it's been working. Um, I hadn't gotten any practice on it. I probably ran like two laps in, in the practice that's in the open practice just beforehand. And... Man, on that long run, I think we got 65 laps to go. We got a long run, and I started, I restarted, I think, six there, and I just stayed st six for the first, like, 25 laps or so, and then everybody just kept falling off, and I drove drove through the through up to up to P2, and um, I almost had the win there. Um, <laughs> I chased the guy down from six and a half seconds back um, to finishing behind him right on his back bumper coming out of the corner almost. Um, I almost uh, I almost had him if I had a couple more laps or probably draced a little bit better in that run. I probably would have got him. Wow, P2, man. And right after you won last time, uh, you've had and you had a bunch of P2s the weeks before that. I mean, you were just top two in it to death. That's awesome. Well, and, and the nice thing is, is, and Mike's been a huge help to me. He's always been... Uh, even today he he was i think he was upset that he couldn't run today because he had to go out but uh he was watching my uh twitch page as i was uh racing and he was he was definitely active in the chat telling me what i was doing right or wrong and i appreciate that uh 
he was there uh, in support for me. He's been really uh, helpful. And like I said, his sets have been suiting me very well, I guess, for the last couple of weeks, especially without the practice. Yeah, your I rating is growing for sure with those kind of results. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P11. Boy, I wish he had a better internet provider. Uh, he was in two uh, wrecks early, got fixed, was running top 10 and lagged out, finished 17 laps down, P11. Wow. And uh, he, he disconnected from the TeamSpeak server, what, a couple times and from the SIM server once. Uh, but he has crappy internet. He needs to figure it out, but apparently doesn't have any options. Uh, I got P17 in the Thursday Open. I was letting people go, you know, on the inside, you know, in the corners. And you think, you know, like the seventh guy that I was letting go, he came up into me. This hit me enough. But if you're on the outside, you, it just totals your car. You're in the wall. The, the, the car's done. Uh, then shortly after that, I spun on my own. The caution never came out for any of this. And so I was five laps down at that point, And I had a minute 30 damage. And I limped it home. It was top split. Got a P17. All right, let's get into Old Bastards Racing League Xfinity Race Charlotte. Chris, you got P23, three laps down. Yeah, yeah, I got caught up. Uh, there was a, the beginning of that race was uncharacteristically wrecky, I guess is the only way to put it. I got, I got caught up in a wreck at the beginning and just kind of limped it around the rest of the race. But uh, I wanted to make note that I had the end of the line penalty um, for that at the beginning of that race, and it's because of the the race I was talking about the week before, where um, it was, uh, I believe it was Bruce Pearson that I was uh, racing for the Lucky Dog with, and got up into him, wrecking him and another guy, uh, Mike Watts, and got a penalty for that. So that's you know that's the difference between NIS and league races, you know. And it's the same thing with the Xfinity race um, this last week. If somebody caused that mess, it'll get sorted. And yeah, it was it's it cool to see. <clears throat> All right. And then the Arca race on Phoenix, you guys ran Phoenix, uh, and then that was for Tony. You got the P five. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I and I, I I said it in the in the league uh, Discord too. You know, like as a P five, the way I've been running the last couple of weeks, um, man, it it really felt like a win. And for me, especially at that track. Now this is the old phoenix version of the track or the old version of the phoenix track and i'm i've never particularly been very good there for some reason the the newer track um you know i'm not too bad a lot more a lot more confidence at that track um this one not so much but i am um, i was uh i was actually having a lot of fun in the art in in the k&n car um and then this race was a bit different uh, than the than the last couple that I'd been with these guys. There's a lot more cautions than um, what I was used to seeing. So, you know, I I kind of played the survival game. Um, the biggest reason was I I didn't have a whole lot of confidence starting the race, uh, so I just wanted to keep myself out of trouble. You know, and I I nicked a wall um, early on, so I'd already had like a two x, and I was just trying to survive because you only get nine incident points um you know for a hundred lap race and you know i i don't even know if i was at lap five before i got my first two i go uh oh um right but yeah uh persevered and just just kept at it and um you know the last bunch of races um 
my confidence shot right up and and I was hitting my marks and and I was I was actually you know putting down some pretty good lap times um now I know a lot of the uh the heavy hitters in that in that league had had gotten themselves into trouble earlier on so uh hey I just took advantage of it and you know what that's another part of the racing um so I'll take it where I can get it P5 yeah, that was right. pretty pretty awesome. Tell you, yeah, a couple of guys got taken out, but like, those were those guys are pretty tough to race with. I mean, they're all they're all pretty good, and um, yeah, that's the best Tafosi finish. I think best I finish is maybe eighth or ninth. So that's that's impressive. Let's see what happens when you don't get wrecked out by squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, right. it, it's uh, it's totally different. Um, this is uh, this has been good for me. Um, you know, gaining confidence and, and, um, you know, just getting better with my racecraft and stuff. And it's a lot easier to do it, um, around guys that are much better than you. And especially when you don't have a caution every three laps, um, this is, it's it, enjoying it huge. Okay, good. Yeah. The old bastards racing league, uh, pretty cool. So check it out. Uh, we obviously sponsor their Monday night Arca series. Uh, final topic is, about another league uh, near and dear to my heart called KMA. Uh, we've had uh, KMA founder Scott on the uh, podcast before, Scott Kulovic, uh, in the past, and he's talked about KMA Racing, which stands for Kiss My Ass. But uh, anyway, uh, Scott is having some problems. He's actually got some heart surgery that he's going through today, literally as we're recording this. He's doing open-heart surgery. They found out he was completely blocked up in his ar- arteries, and uh, they're doing everything they're, you know, that, they, that can be done. And so it's a full-blown thing. Uh, he does live uh, financially from paycheck to paycheck, and so he's looking for, for some financial help. He has started a GoFundMe. Uh, and so you can find it if you go to GoFundMe.com and search the words, Need Financial Help Due to Surgery. That's the title that Scott has picked. And uh, you'll see his uh, picture uh, on, the, on the page when you find the right one. And so if you can help Scott out, um, a lot of iRacers have already uh, coughed up some money towards him. And he's looking for just a little bit more. And... Uh, Help a fellow iRacer out. He's a great guy. He is an admin of a podcast of a excuse me of a league that's been around iRacing for a very long time. It's a great league called KMA. So, all right, let's jump into final thoughts. Chris Scales, what do you got? Just want to thank everybody again for coming out last night. I mean, man, what a what a huge help and what fun racing. Man, I'm really looking forward to the. Uh, our league starting up because um, it's it's like I said, league racing's a, a whole another animal, man. It's so much fun getting to race against the same guys every week, especially when they're teammates. Uh, yeah, still, I'm, I'm not going anywhere for NIS. I'm, I'm still going to stick that out, though. I'll I'll, I'll take the beating because, man, it's a fun series to race. Just uh, it's nice to get a vacation from every once in a while and do some clean racing. <laughs> yep. All right, Greg Hectus, final thought. Before I go there, Chris, it doesn't sound like we missed much in NIS last night from people in the split I was in today. So it sounds like we had more fun. Um, anyways, I will, uh, I'm just uh, glad that we had a good turnout last night. Everybody was class act last night racing. Uh, it was cl- it was clean and it was fun. Um, and I'm just looking forward to the rest of the end of the this, this season here. Just keep going, uh, get these races through. I know we got Talladega coming up next week, which is going to be a fun place to race. Um, and, uh, anybody that wants to, uh, 
follow me still. You can go to uh, twitch.tv um, slash frozen cactus, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's, and uh, watch me race. Um, also, I'll be putting on our Tafosi page in a couple minutes here. I'm going to put up all the stuff that we were talking about from last night's race, some pictures, and uh, uh, a video of Joe Owen's uh, burnout at the end of the race. So look for it there on the Tafosi page. All right, cool. Uh, Tony Groves, final thoughts? Yep. Great race last night. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, much better than uh, I'm sure that a race in NIS Dover would have been for me anyways. I'm terrible at that track. Don't know how many starts I'm going to get this week. And kind of bummed. i totally looking forward to Talladega there again. Uh, I'm going to probably be uh, only getting maybe one start next week. Uh, really bummed about that, but uh, shake and bake. What? Next week's Talladega. Yeah, I know. I know. And, uh, well, it looks like I'll be in Toronto next week for a couple days because I got to work because, well, I lost a driver and somebody's uh, somebody's got to step in to be able to help out. And, and I'm right. the lucky I'm the lucky guy this week. It's just timing, I guess. Huh? It, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Okay. Well, my final thought, uh, boy, is Talladega. Talladega is coming. I'm ready. That's my baby. That's where I win. And I want to win. So that's why I do this. And it's exciting going into Talladega because I know I have a chance to win in NIS when I'm in the race. I will get to the top five. I will lead laps. I don't know if I'll win, but I'll certainly try. And I'll be in position to win. So I'm real excited for that. Uh, had to, you know, some good runs at, uh, at Dover so far. And, um, you know, excited about that. And, you know, excited about the great event last night for the charity. It was a huge success. More successful than I thought it would uh, be when we initially planned it. And that goes out to the listeners of this podcast. And uh, it's awesome having this army of people behind us that will kind of listen to what we have to say. And, uh, and it works out. And we had a great time. So uh, with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.